Hi, everybody, and welcome one more time to El Camino People, the podcast. Sorry for the weird uh, image. My GoPro is doing weird things. I think it's almost Black Friday, so I guess it's time to get a new camera. But as the Camino gets closed down, things are getting back to normal. Winter is coming. We finally got the first snow over the Pyrenees. So what a better thing to do that listen to, you know, the Camino stories, the Camino, the people that walk the Camino, the people that made the Camino what it is. And today we have a dear friend and pilgrim hi peter how are you doing thank you so much for being with us today you're welcome thanks for inviting me and uh, happy to have a camino conversation with you as well as with i always have i'm happy to have a com conversation about the camino so it is one of the things that i don't know if it happens to you you know but with me it's like every time i meet someone young for you know well, we, we never met with peter this is the first time we've been chatting in a while but this is the first time we see each other but it's something that when you see someone that has gone through the camino that is you know all connected to the camino it feels like it's so easy to talk because the camino it's something that just flows is that we don't need any stars and we don't need anything like you go there like he knows what i'm talking about i know what you're talking about i'm like let's just chat I completely recognize that, and uh, it reminds me of a phone call I got from my son when he was on his first Camino, and he said, you know what I'm talking about, that you have done it before, and that's exactly what I, what it is. As it is, as what we always say, you know, if you haven't walked it, there's no way I can explain it to you, but if you already walk it, I'm like, we already know what it is, both of us, so it is amazing. It's so funny that you, you just son, you know, find out that and told you that when he was walking the Camino. Yeah. That's incredible. So, you know, we always start with the same, the one minute questionnaire. We have here the list of questions. It's about 40 questions. So you have one minute to answer as many as you can. And while you do that, I will go and reset my camera. So are you ready for the one minute questionnaire? Probably not for all 40, but let's try. <laughs> let's see where it goes. Okay, let's start now. Your first Camino? 2013. How many Caminos? Uh, depends on how you count, between 8 and 10. Uh, a favorite city? Uh, Santiago. A favorite hostel? Uh, Casa Fernandez. One color? Blue. A memory? Uh, walking up to Santiago de Compostela, the first Camino, and saying goodbye to my mother. Happy moment? Every time I'm on the Camino. A smell? Eucalyptus. Canteen or Camelback? Uh, both. Short pants or long pants? Short pants. Coffee, uh, solo or con leche? Café solo. The omelette, with or without onions? <laughs> without onions. <laughs> okay, we'll do that. Uh, one uh, plant? Plant. Um, Fisterra or Muxia? Oh, Muxia. Okay, I think, not onions, really? Are you one of those? Yes, I'm one of those. <laughs> so this because lately it's been one of the biggest uh, discussions in the Camino since uh, a famous chef in Spain here was saying that the, the, the omelette with the onions didn't make any sense and suddenly someone is, you know, there was this conversation on Facebook. And it's so funny, but I'm like, yeah, you know, there's people with onions, there's people with onions, and they all live together in the Camino happily. So tell me, Peter, you are from the Netherlands. How did you find out about the Camino de Santiago? That's a good question. And uh, I don't exactly remember when it was, but I know that I read an article about, um, I believe, a South American entrepreneur. And she walked the Camino to Spain and she, she had a motto that's where she said, um, if I can walk solo across Spain, and then I can do everything. 
So that was the first time that I heard about the Camino. It must have been somewhere 2001, 2002, that, uh, that period. And I was, it, it started to fascinate me. So why are people walking so that distance along north, northern Spain to arrive in a city that uh, where the, the, supposedly the remains of St. James are buried? And uh, so I said, one day I will do it. And that one day I will do it, I stayed on for 10 years or so. And then in 2012, we met a lady who walked all the way from the Netherlands to Santiago. And I was really hyped up again. And I said, well, let's schedule it. And my wife said, so when, when can you do it? She says, well, maybe next year in April, May, I can do it. I can make five weeks available. Um, and then she started to talk to everybody she met. And she said, well, next year, we, next year Peter will walk the Camino. So there was no way back for me. I had to walk the Camino and I had complete support from the home front. So that's more that's or less... Nice, you know, I, I never heard that that quote, like, if I can walk along the Camino, there is nothing else that's going to stop me. I'm, it's kind of like true. I'm like, once you walk the Camino, you realize, like, you know, sometimes it's just putting one step forward and once you start going, there's no way to stop you. That's true. And uh, um, it's, it's somewhat addictive, uh, as you have seen in my list of Caminos. <laughs> That's something that everybody that walks the Camino, that's what I tell everyone. You know, your first Camino, you may not know it, but when you arrive to Santiago, you may not know it. When you leave Murcia, you may not know it, but suddenly it's going to hit you. Some people get hit along the Camino. Some people is when they arrive to Santiago. Um, some people, they are already planning the next Camino on the day two of the first Camino. Yeah. So, but it's something that, you know, the ones that we are here and usually people that I interview, they, they get, they get it quite you know, how it feels. And that's why you always have that Camino in the back of your head. And again, the camera doing weird things. But so then you always been in the corporate life and you discovered about this thing, the Camino Santiago. Was that something that people in Netherlands talk about? Was it something big in 2001? Because that was the, the best, was the beginning of the years of the, of the beginning of the big Camino. I'm like, today yeah. we remember the first time that the Pope arrived in, in Santiago. And that was when the numbers start growing faster and faster. But it wasn't until the early 2000s when people start, you know, kind of like movement towards the Camino Santiago started. Well, not many people, especially in the corporate world, were talking about it. I think it, it has changed over the last, uh, more over the last 10 years than over the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. But maybe, um, you know how it goes when you walk the Camino yourself, you suddenly meet all kinds of people who have walked the Camino or cycled mm -hmm. the Camino. And so maybe I'm not objective there because before beforehand I didn't walk it myself. So I was not immediately talking about it. Now I walked um, between eight and ten times on the Camino. I said it depends on how you count it. And I use it in my work. So I provide the, the, the comparison between setting a journey like the Camino and uh, creating alliances where that's that's my work mm -hmm. and so in both cases you set up with the goal and it, it might be reaching Santiago um, and the moment you reach that goal it will look different than you think that it would look when you started with it it's about preparation it's about doing it it's about being, being careful with your steps so the, all those comparisons that I use in my work that allows me to talk a lot about the Camino. And then always in the break of trainings, people come to me and say, hey, tell me more about the Camino. <laughs> and since you discovered this Camino, this late in 2001 till 2010, 2011, then suddenly this late, did you, the Camino resonate in your head? Or did you watch the movie The Way? Or was something that was totally, you know, just stuck in the back of your head and never really came out as an, as an option? I read a couple of books about the Camino. I actually read every book that I can lay my hands on. And it is about the Camino. <laughs> 
and uh, of course I saw the way I think the, I saw the way came out in 2012 or 2013 something like that yeah something like that and uh, so I've seen it once or twice before I walked the Camino and I think uh, three times more after that And I Sorry, I lost you for a second. I think we are back. Yeah. Yes, we're back. So I said I w saw it once or twice before the Camino and then three times more after I walked the first time in the Camino, which was quite interesting because I felt that they made a good representation of what happens, what can happen at the Camino. But I mm -hmm. felt also that the scenes were not completely in order of the way I walked the no. process. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And that's one of the things that you realize after watching the movie. I'm like, I'm walking the game. I'm like, the movie is great, but uh, it has some glitches here that it's, it seems like they didn't walk the, the Camino the way they say it. But again, it is a movie and it's great. And I think it's just amazing how it pushes people, you know, and encourage people to go and walk the Camino. Yeah. So you decided the Camino, you suddenly this and, you know, for people, one of the things that we always discuss is how you take a whole month of of your of your work i'm like that's something for you know for most people all over the world it's almost impossible so how and when did you decide you know this is the time i'm going to walk and there's no way anything is holding me back well it was in september 2012 when we decided that i would walk it in april 2013 so i had some time to prepare i was already an independent uh, coach and trainer at that time and i had a virtual mm -hmm. assistant that was working for me so I planned it all out, also in business perspective, and made sure that she was reading my email so that I was really disconnected from, from the day-to-day -day business. Um, later on, uh, that was the, the first Camino, which uh, took me five weeks to walk from Saint-Jean-Pierre-de-Port to uh, Muxia. Mm -hmm. uh, the later Caminos were always shorter in time, and I tried to stay up, up to date with the business uh, in the evening hours. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit juggling. Sometimes it works better than other times. I remember having a coaching call with a client on the on the slopes towards uh, Osobrero, which was uh, quite uh, uh, different and sometimes a little bit difficult. But on the other hand, that's a coaching call I will never forget. Totally. And probably, you know, that one of the questions that I always ask you first, Camino, why the Camino Frances? Yeah, why not? It was the Camino at that time in in, in my mind. Um, and it still is, no? I think the, the thing that surprised me the most is like the people that decided, you know, to do another Camino the first time. I met people that did the first one is the, the Portuguese or the North. I'm like, how did you end it up, you know, as we all, I'm like, for me, my first one was always the Camino Frances, the same as you, and starting in Sunjan and finishing in Mushia. But some people, I'm like, how did you manage? But, you know, mostly all of the people is like us. Camino Frances, no, the common one, the Camino, the only one that is part of the UNESCO and the first one that was the big one. Yeah. The later um, one also depends a little bit on the time that I have available. So I yeah. did, um, uh, in 2018, for instance, I, did, I had only a week. I did Muxia, uh, Santiago, Muxia, Finisterre, Santiago. So the, the triangle. That's amazing. The whole loop. Yeah. And one of the things that come in, you know, as you were saying, you work in, in creating alliances. So probably you have a really, you know, time and a schedule and planning things and setting goals and setting, you know, steps. On your first Camino, were you one of those super planners or were you one of the, no, this is the first time I have a starting point. I have a goal and I don't know what's going to take me. Whatever happens, happens. Or did you plan step by stage? No, I did not plan stage by stage. I planned the first night 
and I knew I would plan to where I would stay the second night. And then every evening I look, so what will I do next tomorrow? What, what's my aim for tomorrow? And sometimes it, it works out that way. And sometimes I think, well, this is enough. I stop. And I had one time that I had a terrible snorer in the, in the room and I heard him over say that he was staying in that city. <laughs> and I said, I will do another 6K. Sometimes walking six extra K is worth a, a night good sleeping, no? Yeah, absolutely. And how was the first time you arrived to San Jan? This is the first time, I don't know, are you a hiker? You've been hiking all your life or was this something totally new for you? It was totally new for me. I considered so. doing it by bicycle or by, uh, by foot. And I said, uh -huh. well, on the bicycle, I will probably go too fast. So I will miss a lot of things. So mm -hmm. on foot is my, my choice. Um, I trained for it. That was the only Camino I trained for. I did, I think, uh, 250k as a preparation. Uh, in in day-to-day -day stages, uh, also with backpack, which already mm -hmm. led to nice conversations along the road where people say, hey, are you walking the Camino? And because I already had my shell uh, on, on the backpack. So you will be walking in your hometown with a backpack, with a cell, with a full of things just to get ready for the Camino? Yes. That's so funny. Oh that, God, I think, that, uh, that's 10 years ago. I probably would not do it again because now I know, <laughs> know about the backpack. But... Uh, And what were people saying? Because uh, one of the things a lot of, you know, people, I'm like, even some people worldwide, I'm like, they still don't know about the Camino. Even, you know, a lot of people come from Germany, the Netherlands, but still kind of like smaller compared to other countries like Italy or France, that they have a huge amount of, of pilgrims. Were people totally like, oh, that's the Camino Santiago? Or do you have a Camino Santiago close by in your house? Well, we have uh, other long distance walks close by our house, uh, but not the Camino Santiago. And there, there, we, we do have routes in the Netherlands. I believe we have three routes in the Netherlands that, that merge into Belgium and then on to France. Um, but they are not as well known as the Camino in Spain. So I sometimes have indeed people who said to me, well, why don't you walk the, the Peterpad, which is one of the long distance walks in the Netherlands. And it feels to me, I have never done it. It feels to me different than uh, the Camino. And maybe I'm, I'm completely wrong there because I've never done it, but The idea of meeting international people in northern Spain and, and walk together and still have the same language, the same attitude, and well, that's, in my perspective, my expectation, completely different than doing a long-distance walk in the Netherlands. And I guess that's the, the biggest question and one that, you know, I haven't been able to find the, the, the answer to it. Why the Camino has become so popular? Why the Camino is so different? Why the Camino is so magic, you know? I mean, there's so many trails all over the world. There's long distance trails that are, that are much more beautiful in terms of nature, in terms of, you know, culture or whatever. But why the Camino has become so popular? I mean, there's a lot of little things that add up, no? But why is it still something so growing and growing? No matter what people say that the Camino is going to be killed by himself, I believe the Camino is going to be there forever and ever. And, you know, we'll have up and, up and downs. But why is with the Camino? That's a great question. And I don't have the answer. <laughs> so let's go you, you start your first day you arrive to St. Jan you say you're not a hiker how did you feel on the arrival day? I felt great um, I was staying in uh, Le Chemin I believe it was called uh, mm -hmm. back then uh, one of the albergues in Saint-Jean that was run by a Dutch couple uh -huh. and, uh, so I had the reservation there and uh, I was early so I was uh, I had some time left over And I did some walk around in Saint-Jean to explore Saint-Jean and see what the city was all about. And then we had communal dinner in the, on the evening. And then oh, 
I spoke to the the hospitalero and said, well, I have a lot of things in my backpack. Will you have a look at it? So we ditched some spare shoes because I, he said, you don't need spare oh, shoes. No. No. So that saved me some kilos. And I learned over time that uh, what you leave home is is, is best uh, the best choice. And I guess that's one of the things that at least you learn the, in, in a proper day and you ask right on the on the first day because a lot of people they they figure it out by themselves when they're hiking over St. John when they go to the tube and they're like okay maybe I can leave this and you know one of the things that I see a lot in Pamplona is going a lot of people going to the post office and sending home boxes of <laughs> clothing shoes and extra gear and even I myself I always say the tell the same story I'm like when I arrive in my house in Pamplona I sleep in my bed I'm like why not and I left a lot of things in my in my house but even I walk all the Camino with a, with a jet boil, a cooker, and some pasta, dehydrated pasta that I cook in Finisterre because I was so knucklehead that I'm, I'm going to carry this pasta all the way across Spain. And, you know, sometimes that's the only way to learn. Yeah, I totally agree. So when I walked in 2013, I had, uh, I believe, 11 kilos without water on my back. Nowadays, mm -hmm. uh, this, this summer, I had six kilos uh, without water. And that's one thing that, you know, a lot of people, they focus on the 10%. You no, know, that's that rule that is going all over forums, internet, Facebook. I'm like, again, your first Camino, you're going to go with more things just in case you're going to carry, you know, because you don't know the water, you know the places, you need more things. Also, your gear is usually more heavy than when you start loading it because you start improving your gear. You buy better and more technique, more high quality gear. Your backpack, you focus more and you spend more money. But in the first Camino, a backpack that is 10 kilos is totally normal. So stop trying to get a six kilos backpack. Your first Camino, 10 kilos, will go through that. I think my first Camino, mine was 15 kilos. But I carry food, gear, I don't know. It was just, it is what it is. Completely recognizable, yeah. And how was the first stage? Were you on the first day you were planning on going all the way to Rontes Valles? Were you planning on going and stopping in the middle way or you have no plans? It was like whatever the Camino. Well, I was planning to go all the way to Rontes Valles. And uh, when I remember that was, what was it, 27K, I believe, all the way over mm -hmm. the Pyrenees. We had a great day, so not that much wind. Uh, dry, sunny, um, which was a great experience to walk uh, over the Pyrenees. Um, it was, yeah, as I said, great. It was not hard or not something like that. It wasn't hard for you. It wasn't one of those because people, you know, when you always start doing the, the big research that everyone does, it's like, oh, the first stage, Shanjan to Rontesbayer, the killer, the pilgrim, blah, blah, blah. Well, I was well trained back then. <laughs> <laughs> this summer, I first a week on the Del Norte, and I thought, why am I doing this? And I was going up wow. and down in the heat wave, and I said, this is this is not healthy. In 2013, I was well trained, so it was easy to go over the Pyrenees. Um, that's what I learned this summer. Better do some homewalking, a little bit more homewalking to be trained uh, again next time. And that's one of the things that I, I, I totally agree with you. You know, training is not needed for the Camino. And sometimes when you go and train, you learn a lot of things about yourself that you don't learn if you're going to train. But if you can always be a little trained, that will be, you know, safer for you and you will enjoy all the things that sometimes they make you miserable. And also the Norte, the first week in the Norte is a killer no matter what. But it's so beauty. I will talk about the Norte later. So you start in your Camino Frances. You go, you went by yourself. 
Yes, I was by myself. I met uh, three other pilgrims, a lot of other pilgrims, but three others that uh, on the way up. And we st started to walk together for the first uh, four or five days on the Frances. And how was coming, you know, from a so, you know, uh, the, 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 the corporate life, suddenly you're a freelancer, you're finally, you left everything home, probably the first time in your life that you have such a long time with no needed. How was the feeling? Was it something that, you know, like pushed you? Was something that relieved you? How did it feel when you finally, you know, arrived to Roncesvalles? It's like, okay, I'm a pilgrim. I've been thinking of this was something that you didn't even think about. I don't think that in the beginning I had that feeling like I'm a, I'm a pilgrim. I have that feeling nowadays uh, more than back then. You're still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm just resetting the, the camera. Sorry, I'm trying to. And how was I arriving to Roncesvalles? A lot of the people, you know, one of the things that we always talk is the Camino family. Were you, okay, yeah, you see, now you yes, can see me you better. <laughs> were you with that group of friends for your whole Camino or were you doing your Camino most by yourself and finding the people here and there? No, so I walked the first four or five days with, with what was back then my Camino family, but um, what we did was really walk together. Uh, so we started together, we stayed together, we walked together, which was a little bit, uh, which was good, but also a little bit too, too close-knit. So after four or five days, I said, uh, in Lagronio, I said, well, I will continue myself from here on. And so we met a couple of times along the road. And quite interesting, mm -hmm. I was faster than they were. So when I returned from Muxia into Santiago, I was uh, at the pilgrim's office and suddenly I saw two of them walking by the pilgrim office. They just arrived. So we had oh, lunch sure. together. And uh, when I left Santiago and uh, on the plane, I uh, met the other guy. And uh, he suddenly said, uh, I was in the airport and suddenly somebody said, hey, Peter. And so that was the other guy that I met on the first day. So we, we all met again in Santiago. It's amazing. Those, those days, that's one of the things that I always recommend people. Stay a couple of days in Santiago just to see people that you walk with yes. arrive and get together. It's, it's one of those things that you always remember. And suddenly you get your Camino and you arrive. And how was the arrival into Santiago? Was that, you know, a lot of people sometimes when they talk about the, the Camino Santiago, you know, the arrival is the day when suddenly, you know, the sky opens and there is a light and you get enlightened and you see finally <laughs> the light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, yes, now I know my purpose in life. Were you something like that or what? How no. was your arrival? I arrived and I thought, is this it? Is this really it? <laughs> <laughs> and so I, it was amazing to, to be there and see the cathedral and then be, be at the square and watch other people. But I really felt that arriving in Muxia, also not in Finisterre, because I did Santiago Finisterre, Finisterre Muxia. Arriving mm -hmm. in Muxia I, Muxia, I said, well, this is it. Now I have really completed my Camino. You know what is funny? That for me was totally the same. I arrived in Santiago. It was great. I'm like, it was amazing. I arrived really early in the morning. But for me, Murcia was the place. You know, when I was sitting at the Virgen de la Barca watching the sunset, that was the day when I'm like, this is yeah. my Camino. This is where now everything ends and everything begins. Same here. Yeah. And then suddenly we're talking at the beginning how, you know, you get hooked to the Camino. When was this, you know, the Camino fever hit you? Were you already planning your next Camino in Santiago, in Fisterra or in Muxia? Or when you got back home? <laughs> well, it took me a couple of years to plan my next Camino, actually. To be okay, so it wasn't something like a lot of people like right away was that's not, this is good. Right. It was once in a lifetime. I thought I will do it again, but I don't know when. And then my son did it in 2016. So three years after that, I walked. 
And he mm-hmm. called me at a certain moment in time. And like I mentioned, he said, well, that you know what I'm talking about. And in that conversation, I said, what, uh, what if I clear my schedule for a week and join you? And he said, yes. So I joined him from uh, Astorga to Saria and then uh, took the train home uh, first to Santiago and then fly back home to Amsterdam. And that was the moment then when I came home that my wife said, well, why don't we do it together in, in September? So I walked from Fra- the Frances from Astorga to Santiago together with my wife in three weeks. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment that, that really hooked me, the, those two Caminos that were. So I came back in 2017, 18, 19, had planned for 2020 and 21, but of course, life came in between. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, so this summer I did uh, a week on the Del Norte and uh, two weeks on the Primitivo together with my son and uh, two weeks on the Portuguese together with my wife again. Was that the Camino, your son's Camino, something that you motivated or was something that was just motivated by friends or something that himself, he just decided, you know, it's time for me to walk? Um, some, somehow I spread the, the, the Camino virus in my family. So uh, all, all of my kids said, well, we, we will do it someday. And my son was the, the quickest with really doing it. So he did 2016, 2017. He did this year two Caminos and he's really hooked to, onto the Camino now. So also one of the ones that we'll have to interview one day and see the other side of the of the coin. Yeah. Absolutely. And how was how was walking the Camino with your son? Because that's one of the things that a lot of people, you know, ask me, like, is the Camino, when you talk about the Camino, sometimes it's like, okay, the perfect Camino is the full Camino Frances by yourself with plenty of time, enjoying the time. But also I, you know, I believe that so each Camino gives you something different. The Camino with your wife is amazing. The Camino with your partner, the Camino with your, you know, dad. How was walking a week with your son? It was amazing in the sense that uh, we certainly had more time to discuss things in life that uh, we we will not discuss or not easily discuss when back home. He was already back then, he was a student, he was living in Amsterdam, we were living close to Amsterdam. So as a student, you do not always visit your parents, Uh, sometimes uh, Mm -hmm. there are some weeks in between, let's put it mildly. (laughs) (laughs) So and when he comes home, we have an hour or two hours to, to talk about things we want to discuss. But now we had s- seven full days to, to talk about anything that came up in our mind. And we gave us uh, each other a lot of freedom. So I remember one rainy day where he said that it's, it's raining. I put in my earplugs and listen to music and walk alone today. I said, fine, I'll see you in, uh, when we stop. And that's the same how we did the Primitivo. We, so we walked together and we walked alone. And, and that's, that's one thing that a lot of people ask me. I'm like, and how can you walk the Camino with someone and walk by yourself? I'm like, sometimes that's the kind of rules that they need. That when you walk the Camino, you don't even need to to talk about it. It's like some mornings you just walk and go. And I'm like, this is totally an agreement. And when you arrive to the place, that's when you have your social time. Sometimes I'm like, even with my Camino family, probably happened the same to you. You will start in the morning, you will start walking, but some people will go by themselves. I'm like, and that's... I think the beauty of the Camino, when walking with someone, you know, as close as your son, that they can get so many interactions, but you can have your own Camino and he can have your own Camino. And probably if I ask him, he will answer the same questions. Totally, the view of the Camino can be totally different from one to another. Yeah. And it allows uh, what we, we discussed, a lot of things that we would not discuss at home. So we spoke about life, about uh, study, about work, about uh, buying a house or not, uh, all those kind of things that, that you will not have really have time to, to go in depth in, in the few hours at home. 
probably the Camino opens as you open with other people. Probably that that you know that chat opens easier when you're in the Camino in Europe with other people around you. Doesn't is just your son. He's also a pilgrim, no? He's a definitely pilgrim, and we walked uh, this uh, in the Primitivo we, in the last week. I think the last week we walked with the Camino family of eight people. So we met each other on the road and we walked together. We walked alone. We had dinner together. We had a WhatsApp group where we stayed in touch. We still actually have that WhatsApp group. So that was an uh, amazing uh, Camino family as well. That's amazing. So then did your son come walk the Camino. Suddenly you decided to walk with your wife. How was the experience with your wife? Because that's also another one. I'm like a lot of people going to the Camino trip with your wife. I hear it all. I'm like the strangest one that I ever heard was someone that went to the Camino with his ex-wife for a long years and they decided to go together. I'm like, but anything can happen the Camino. So how was it starting in Astorga and finishing in Santiago? It was a great experience. And uh, what we found out is that um, we have, of course, a different pace of uh, walking. So I needed mm -hmm. to adjust and walk a little bit slower. But uh, like my son, I can walk long distances, so I can do 25 to 35 kilometers or sometimes even more. Yeah. My wife turned out she has um, some kind of built-in clock that she doesn't mm -hmm. know the distance, but at a certain moment in time, she says, well, I've had enough for today. And then I look at my uh, my iPhone because I keep track of, of our distance and it's it's around 15 kilometers. That's her distance. And it's a per perfect in, in built-in GPS or distance uh, measurement that she has. And so we found our way and we did it again, uh, this was uh, Portuguese. We found our mutual way of doing the Camino where she sometimes uh, picks up a taxi uh, along the road and uh, goes to our place where we stay. And then uh, I'll continue walking. And with what's also different with my wife is that um, she likes a little bit more luxury than the albergues. So we have private mm -hmm. hostels together. So that's a different model than with my son or alone, then I'll stay in the albergues. That's, you know, probably what a lot of people, they, they sometimes, you know, we talk about the way, you know, what is a pilgrimage, what is the Camino, what how supposed to be. And I always say that, you know, there's only one way and it's your way. And if you choose to go hotels, if you go to choose a taxi, if that's the only way that you and your wife can have each one your own Camino, I'm like, why not? I'm like, what is the problem in this? A lot of people seem today that, you know, there's all this new concept of, oh, there's only these real pilgrims. And to be a pilgrim, you need to follow this, this, and this. But for your experience, I'm like, probably the Camino by yourself was some kind of Camino. The Camino with your son was another one. And then here we have the Camino with your wife, that you're looking for totally different things. And yep. each one probably show you a different aspect of the Camino and give you something different. So what would you say, you know, to people that is, you know, sometimes just saying, you know, oh, the Camino is just to go to Albergues or whatever. What is your opinion on, on all these three Caminos? Styles? I, I agree with you that uh, everybody has their own way of doing the Camino and we should give each other room to, to do our own Camino. Um, sometimes we talk about the Tour de Grinos that, that are there in their own way of the Camino. And I don't have problems with them unless they stop at the middle of a bridge and ask me to turn back because they want to take a picture. And they say, hey, come on, we, we are hiking the Camino. Let me continue. That's, those are the difficult moments with, with the different kind of Caminos. But on the other hand, I think everybody has their own way of doing the Camino. We should give each other the room to do our Camino. I agree. I think that the only problem for me is the music. When people go with speakers, loud speakers, that's the only thing you know that I cannot deal yeah, with. Any, 
any other than that, I don't care. If you're playing, if you're playing with a guitar, if you're singing, if it's a big group, I'm like, you know, I will speed up and pass you. If you go to a great hotel, that's amazing. Come have some beers with us. But as you were saying, it's your own Camino and you are the only one that can walk it. One of the things that I always ask the people and, you know, is uh, how did the first Camino change it? You know, the Peter that started in St. Jean to the Peter that finished in Mashiach, what changed in you? Well, it took some, took some time to let it sink in and to realize that I changed. And I think what I learned uh, uh, especially was to let go more and let things mm-hmm. develop as they were supposed to develop and not try to control them, which is still difficult. But um, as we say in the Camino, the Camino will provide us. Things will come out in the right way as they were intended to. Or if you need help, the help will, will be there suddenly. Um, so the universe will provide or the Camino will provide it. That's what I had to learn and, and took forward in, in my, try to take, still take forward in my daily life. Mm-hmm. And I love, you know, reading and, and your, on your website, I, I read one of your biggest challenge, you know, in, in business and, and, you know, for freelancers like us, I think it's the biggest challenge, you know, sometimes how do you manage the time to let things go, you know, your business, you need you to talk with your clients, you need to do your marketing. But while you were in the Camino, like in your Camino, you first, you say, you, you let everything go. And I know that when I talk with people, you know, CEOs or CFOs or people that's on the high end of the, you know, of the corporate scale, for them, it's like so hard to give them some stuff to go into the Camino. So how was when you walk your first Camino and you let everything go? Was that something easy? Was that something that right now you will do differently? Or how do you think that people that is, you know, maybe sometimes wondering, like, how can I leave everything behind? and go and do this for myself. It was not easy, but I uh, still uh, walking, uh, going up to the, coming up to the first Camino, I was still in the control mode. So I planned it all together with my virtual assistant. So I, I felt that everything was on con- under control and it was under control. I think I only had one or two times a text message from her where she needed my help in five weeks. So that was pretty, wow. uh, pretty okay. That's pretty and, good. And planning it out made it, made it uh, easy, relatively easy. And I guess that's the thing, when you have a lot of things, there's no problem in planning, there's no problem in staging, there's no problem in making a plan, because sometimes plans, that's what they're for. And we are talking at the beginning, you were saying that, you know, as you get going into the Camino and you get hooked, and I'm totally like that, like you, I'm like, you don't need to go into Santiago. Sometimes you plan a one-week Camino, you plan a two-week Camino, and it can be all over, it doesn't have to be, you know, just at the end of Galicia. And one of the things that sometimes people say to me, I'm like, how can you go to the Camino with a laptop and work in the afternoon? I'm like, that's my life. When I'm a freelancer, there's something, you know, you can have the the greatness of both sides, of walking and being in the Camino and, and plugging, and also in the afternoon for a little bit. And that is my choice. You know, I decide to want to work. I decide how and how long I want to work. So how do you manage your, you know, your work inside when you are in the Camino? And how do you see this mix of the two walls that sometimes people see that they cannot co-live together. At the moment, I try to live my life from my phone when I'm on the Camino. So I, in the beginning, I took an iPad to stay in touch, mm-hmm. uh, to, to be able to do everything that I need to do. And nowadays, I can do almost everything from my phone, and otherwise I'll send a, a message to the to the requester where I say, well, hey, I will come back to you next week or the week after next. Um, it also m- it might help that uh, the past, um, let me see, the past six Caminos or so I did in the summer, which is not the preferred time, but uh, mm-hmm. from a planning perspective, it was the preferred time. 
because yeah. uh, in the summer almost all of Europe is on vacation. Yes. <laughs> so everybody understands that you are out for a couple of weeks. Yeah, we're the same here in Spain from July 1st, at least in Navarra, you know, the running of the bulls. So July and August are no business time, you know, companies work, but they go on a much slower mode. So it's so much easier. So one of the things that I think, you know, the Camino and we see it, sometimes people see it as a touristic thing. Some people see it as a religious thing, but I think that has a lot of much to offer. And I think has a lot to offer to the, to the, you know, to the work of the, the big companies to get the people here. What do you see the Camino can be? How can be used for all these corporations or people that is in the business life? I think uh, something like the Camino can still be very helpful to uh, work on relationships within business, um, whether that is team building or building alliances between companies. Uh, the, the challenge is that many companies are not prepared to, to take the time out to, to mm -hmm. take at least a week to, to walk uh, at least a week. So you could do, and then especially when they're from abroad, they need to travel to Spain. Uh, so that adds to the week. And mm -hmm. so many companies are not prepared to do that. So, uh, so from that perspective, I tried it in the past and I know that you have uh, part of your business is Camino related. Mm -hmm. I tried it in the past to, to bring people with me to Spain and then walk the Camino. But that was quite a difficult model. So I adjusted mm -hmm. my model where I bring the Camino basically into my work. Into the, into the client's location and I tell them about the comparison between Camino alliances business and I use a lot of photos from the Camino and I always have a story about it so there's one story uh, one photo where uh, a Spanish guy is, is standing in a river and he's singing and two Italian ladies are all standing on the bridge and they are singing and the same song together so it's an international song I, I, I don't know what song it was but it was uh, both of them knew it and they sang, sang it together. So I said, I always tell with that picture, well, this is a collaboration. This is an alliance mm -hmm. between Spain and, and, and Italy here on the Camino. And then on the outer edge of the picture, there is a guy just watching. And I said, always say, well, like with real alliances, there is always an innocent bystander doing nothing. <laughs> so the, those kind of ways I bring the Camino into my work and into in, in make it... Uh, easy to for people to understand the Camino but also make it easy for them to see comparison between business and Camino mm -hmm. and I guess that that's also the the period of the Camino no, you have all these people there are companies that go into the Camino and suddenly they became one so only once with they have to collaborate and do things together you know in the old days you will go someone will be in charge of doing the laundry or someone will be cooking because he's Italian he's the perfect pasta cooker or someone will know the language and will be the translator but it's fun how all in the Camino you see all these different people know that get together as one and work together as a, as a one thing entity that opens close gets different things so I think a lot of companies may have to you know go to the Camino and, and learn about it absolutely I totally agree and you walk the Camino Frances first by yourself then with your wife, then Camino Portuguese, Camino del Norte, Primitivo. What is your favorite Camino so far? The best and the worst is the Primitivo. Um, why? Why? Yeah, why? I would expect that question already. It was. It, it's the most beautiful Camino I've walked so far. It's the toughest one as well. And I remember walking up to the Hospitales uh, one e day. <laughs> the famous Hospitales. The famous Hospitales, together with my son, on a very foggy day. 
so we were walk, walking up and we couldn't see the how far the distance was that we had to climb and somewhere somewhere probably halfway i don't know because i couldn't see it i said to my son i will never walk this camino again and he said are you serious yeah i'm serious this is too hard for me and then one day later i said to him i will do it again next year it's the most beautiful camino i've ever done but I guess that that's a bit of the Camino. Some days you are, and, and, and it's like life, you know, a lot of times right now, you know, the social media and everything, they just show the beautiful side of life. And I guess with the Camino, that's the same. Some days the Camino is crappy and you feel horrible and you're wet and it's just no pretty the way you're walking. But suddenly after that, the feeling is so amazing. You're like, I want to do it again. Yes, absolutely. So the Camino de Primitivo, and are you planning any, have you walked anything in, in your hometowns from there or still the Camino, the thing that calls you and the things that once, once again and again and again, like now I need to go to Spain and walk a different Camino? I like to do in the weekends, uh, long distance walks and well, what is long distance, but the, the, the walks like 25 to 30 kilometers in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. um, but then life, life comes in between. So every now and then, so other things need to be done in the weekends. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to a Camino, I really plan to do another Camino in Spain and not anywhere else. Um, which one will be your next? Well, you know, the big one, if you have right now a whole month off, which one will be the Camino you will walk? If it's a whole month, I will walk yeah. the Fiela de Plata. Fiela de Plata. I'm with you in that one. If it's three months, I will walk from my front door to Santiago. Do you already have it measured? Well, I know it's, uh, some people did it and so it's more or less yeah. three months. Three months, not bad. Yeah, that for me, that will be the Rome to Santiago. It's about three months also, and I would love to, to do it one day, but one day eventually. Yeah. One of the questions that I always ask at the end uh, to people is like, who, if they can choose, they will walk the Camino with. But in your case, because you do collaborate work, you know, you work with companies. If you can choose two big companies and you're trying to, you know, imagine they are have to merge, which companies will you take into the Camino? Which CEOs will you love to take in the Camino? That's a great question. Um, the first ones that come to mind is uh, probably some cultural differences uh, in, in companies like uh, Nissan and Renault. And they have an alliance together, but they have gone through some turbulent times and bring those CEOs uh, for a couple of days or, or well, and say in CEO agenda, that will be probably a couple of days, but ideally a couple of weeks and, and let them become friends and then talk about business and talk about life and talk about everything that's uh, Camino related or non-business non related and really build that relationship there. That will be quite interesting. You know, I was thinking mostly about bringing uh, Mr. Elon Musk and, and Zuckerberg and put them together in the Camino and see what can happen out of that. I'm like, with the, for the ones we don't know, today is November 11 or November 9th. I'm like, What will happen if you bring bring someone like this, you know, into the Camino and, and Canix, you know, what will they experience out of there? It will be something that always fascinates me, you know, people that is so connected. So what will happen if we unplug them and get them into the Camino for a week, two well, weeks, or even one day? You mentioned uh, one, uh, especially one important word, unplug them. <laughs> will we be able to unplug them? I don't know. That will be my, my thing, you know, just try them, you know, get them out of their phone sign for everything. And, or even, you know, sometimes the, the full unplug is, is, you know, for a lot of people. And that's one of the fights also that sometimes we get in the Camino that people go with the phone or they get a phone call. And like some people, they have so many things that cannot unplug. It can be family, it can be a business, it can be a relative, but 
maybe just if we are able to unplug them just for a short time of the day or just get into the Camino mode? I don't know. That would be a good question. Maybe we need to start tweeting Mr. Elon and, and invite him to go and walk the Camino with us. Maybe he will say yes. Who knows? <laughs> that would be quite interesting. Work, otherwise, he would do it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he will do it on a Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cheating. Uh, who knows? Maybe it's, it's his Camino. So if he chooses to do it by that, I'm, you know, <laughs> who I'm to judge. But for yes, that's a little cheating. And my final question, Peter, what is your next Camino, the plan one, that the one that you have already planned? Because I know that you have a Camino plan for sure. Which one are you going to walk next? It depends a little bit on the time available. Uh, I, it, it's not firmly planned yet, um, but I think I will do the Primitivo once again. Once again. So that means that is, this is going to be your third time? No, second time on the Primitivo. Second time. And um, why wouldn't they get Primitivo again with so many other Caminos to walk? That's one of the things that, you know, a lot of people, when I ask them, there's this kind of pilgrim that does the Camino Frances once and once and once again, and always the Camino Frances. Then you have the pilgrim that does different Caminos every time, and then you have pilgrims that, you know, they go back to different ones. So why the Primitivo again instead of trying a new Camino? Because I really, really like the Primitivo. Um, and then, as I said, it depends also a little bit on the time available. Mm -hmm. So uh, I also like to do the San Salvador ones, which is only a week or beautiful. maybe even less. Yeah. <laughs> Invierno would be a beautiful one. I've read about it mm -hmm. a lot. I've seen a lot of pictures. So there is a still a lot of choice from that perspective. And that's the worst part when you start chatting with all these pilgrim freaks that they start talking about new Caminos and then you discover the Primitivos in Salvador, then you discover that there's another one that's the Camino Ignaciano, the Camino Bastanes, the Camino Interior. There's so many little Caminos that is just amazing. And, and what I always try to encourage people, you know, sometimes the Camino doesn't have to finish in Santiago. You can go for a week, you can go for three days. Yeah, sometimes totally being able to unplug is just amazing for a couple of days and you get your batteries charged for till you have that option of going for a longer time. Yeah. There's certainly one element of the Camino that I will try to avoid, and that is the last uh, couple of stages of the Frances when I am um, walking in summer. Yeah, that's totally for sure. And that's one of the things that when that's one lately, all my Caminos, they tend to be as far as from Santiago as possible. <laughs> I recognize that. Anyway, Peter, thank you so much for your time. I guess, you know, I hope that everybody gets... Uh, <clears throat> invited you know from the corporate world to listen to this to to go and give it a, a go and try it and discover the camino even if they are far away sometimes i know it's, it's hard but you know the camino starts from your front door so maybe you have a camino in your gate maybe there's a camino waiting for you out there and once you get hooked i'm sure they will repeat so as we always said buen camino ultrella buen camino and thank you for having me jose thank you